0: This is Beyond Belief Sobriety, a podcast that explores topics of interest to people who are seeking or who have found a secular path to recovery from addictions of all kinds. Hello, and thank you for taking your time to listen to this episode. I hope it's a good experience for you and that it adds a little extra to your stockpile of recovery capital. This is an interesting discussion I had with Ann Porter about why she feels it's important for secular people to remain active and engaged with the greater fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. Originally, I titled this episode Secular Sponsorship in AA, but the conversation is about much more than that. It's really about being of service and being available to help make AA more inclusive. But before we get started, I would like to thank our sponsor, Soberlink. If you're seeking a tangible way to maintain accountability and prove sobriety to loved ones, you have to try Soberlink. If you haven't heard of Soberlink, they've created a remote alcohol monitoring system that revolutionizes the way people document sobriety. The system includes a breathalyzer and uses artificial intelligence to display your test results in a calendar format, helping you analyze your habits and prove to yourself and others that you are, in fact, not drinking. It even has real-time results, facial recognition, and tamper detection so no one will question the validity of your results. Soberlink and I have created a guide called Five Tools and Strategies for Those on a Secular Path to Recovery – that you can find at soberlink.com/bbs. So if you're ready to take the next step in your recovery journey, mention the Beyond Belief Sobriety podcast when ordering soberlink and you'll receive $50 off their device. And now, episode 255, my conversation with Ann Porter about being of service in Alcoholics Anonymous. So welcome, Anne, to Beyond Belief Sobriety. It's so nice to have you.
1: Oh, it's so nice to be here. I, I'd hate to say my after listening to your conversation with John, I was even more impelled to talk.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Uh, which one was that?
1: <laughs> uh, the most recent one you had. I think it was like episode 250 or something.
0: Uh huh. Um, what because, did we have? Go ahead. Well, it
1: was no, it was the two of you when uh-huh. you both when you both started talking. You would get very upset at how your views were dismissed when you were in AA meetings and the disdain you felt. And yet the two of you were sort of laughing and saying, I don't know what the AA way of life is. And I found that hard to believe, but it also, it ringed of the disdain that you two hated so much. Oh, no. It didn't sound supportive of what AA does bring with all of its flaws, don't get me wrong.
0: I hear ya. Believe me, I'm not anti-AA at all. And I think John might come across that way, but I I totally am not. I know he's
1: more militant against it. Yeah, he is, yeah.
0: (laughs) But I'm not,
1: and that's changed over the years.
0: Yeah, I'm also no, though not as involved with it as I used to be too, and I've kind of grown in other directions. So I'm more, I'm more interested in um, other avenues of recovery. But I've not dismissed AA. I, I could still go to AA meetings and so forth. But yeah, I I, I need to watch it because I uh, I never want to come across as someone who. Dismisses AA as an option because, you know, I I went to meetings for 30 some years and I got sober there as a young person uh, in traditional AA. And I still have a lot of respect for the steps and so forth. But um, anyway, enough said about that.
1: Well, I think it's it's important because we need to look at, as a secular person, what is it that AA keeps drawing to people? Because as your speaker last week, oh, actually, it's two weeks ago said in rational recovery, people go to AA meetings and do the two.
0: That's right.
1: And, you know, if you look at some of the group therapy people, I can't remember his name, Yoakam somebody who started them back in the 80s, you know, he said that AAs didn't do well in, not AAs, alcoholics didn't do well in group therapy unless they were with other alcoholics. Um, They didn't meld well. And yeah, I, I think as a recovery person, I need to think about why is that and What is it that people find attractive in AA?
0: What do you think that is?
1: I think what it is, and I think that what we're missing in the secular programs is in the secular and rational recovery and you know, and some of those others, it's a self-help attitude. And in my view, AA is not self-help. It's helping others. And to me that that's a so-called AA way of life, the thought of reaching out and i know as an alcoholic i am an absolutely selfish person my if i told somebody my father was getting chemotherapy i wouldn't be thinking about my father getting chemotherapy i would be thinking oh gosh that's such an imposition in my life that's so hard for me to deal with (laughs) you know and that's my my natural mindset i think as an as an alcoholic you know that self-centeredness and you know i come into everything sort of oh there's a traffic jam how's that interfering with my life and When I think of a spiritual person, I think that they would go, gosh, I wonder if somebody's hurt first and not, gosh, this is interfering with me. Or when they see a situation, to me, the spiritual person thinks the positive first, whereas I often think the negative first. And it takes the same amount of thought. And, uh, you know, to me, that's what AA brought out of me that other programs didn't thinking of somebody else first what can i bring to this meeting who can i help at this meeting you know a lot of secular me- meetings i've gone to i don't hear anything about sponsorship i don't hear anything about reaching out to the person who's new there i don't see people taking other people's phone numbers um and that's part of the reason i think we haven't spread that well we're missing that aspect that aa
0: brings Mm -hmm. The sponsorship aspect of it, the
1: helping the newcomer, the realizing with 30 days, I can help somebody with 15 days, you know, and not the, I'm here to dump my problems. Have you listened to them? Go poor you, poor you. And then we leave the meeting and I don't hear from anyone.
0: Is that true for the in-person meetings? As well as the Zoom meetings, or is it just the Zoom meetings that you noticed that more than the...
1: I noticed it at the in-person, but I only went to ones right in Philadelphia and Malvern. Okay. So there's not, unfortunately, I tried to start one in Bucks County, but I've been unsuccessful.
0: Because I noticed that, and and every group is going to be different too, but I've noticed like uh, at our group here... There wasn't like a formal, you know, program of sponsorship or anything. It wasn't like we were announcing at meetings, you know, I will be a sponsor or anything like that, although we did try that for a little while. And people weren't talking a lot about their sponsors, but people did have sponsors and people did have others that would help them through the steps. And there was a sense in the group um, that it w- that people were there um, mutually to support one another. And I think my position that I kind of developed over a long period of time is that I I'm a better friend and one to share my experience than I am with being like an authority type figure that would that that is there to really you know if someone comes to me and they want me to be their sponsor I would just say well what what do you want you know what do you want from from AA what are your goals for sobriety and you know maybe we can talk and see how you how you do to get through there but some there seems to be a culture that has kind of developed around sponsorship that makes it something other than that. Um, It kind of have moved, it moved away in my opinion from the bill and Bob model where they were really equals in a friendship to a different type of a relationship where my sponsor tells me or, you know, that type of thing. And, and that's the part that makes me uncomfortable is if a sponsorship relationship moves from one of peers to one of, you know, having, I don't know, some sort of sway over the newcomer. Yeah. Yeah. And, (laughs) and that's what, that's what my concern is. And it's not like, I don't think that that is as big a deal as it could be. I mean, I think for the most part, that sponsorship does work out pretty well, that the people are genuinely concerned about each other and they're not, you know, taking advantage of the of the new person or anything like that. I think for the most part they're healthy relationships, but I think there's a danger of it maybe not being, and that's what that's where I have the caution. I think.
1: I think that's you know very ac- and very accurate point. I mean, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, to me, sponsorship is me sharing my experience and strength that you know basically and hope. And if I'm sharing mine, you know it it can't be wrong. If I'm telling you what I think a book says or what I think you ought to do, then yeah, I think that's a, that's a danger. That's not what I should be doing. Even as, as a sponsor, I don't. And I, I think, I guess to me, most successful sponsorship relationships have been the ones in which I pulled people into service, frankly. Oh. <laughs> to me, that is probably the biggest thing that I feel is important for a sponsor, actually is to get somebody involved and out of themselves.
0: Service being could be like um, speaking, speaking somewhere,
1: speaking somewhere, making the coffee, cleaning up afterwards. When I first came in, it was washing ashtrays and coffee cups. Right. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink coffee.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but, you know, I I still I still did it. And, I you know.
0: I remember the days of cleaning ashtrays that we don't have that problem anymore, do we? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: it's just as well. I can't think I get It'll be because I was in smoke-filled rooms too much. Oh
0: my God. Yeah. There's, I mean I there's I, no I... question.
1: <laughs> but I'm so passionate about this because I think of the people that die because there's just people talking God at an AA
0: meeting. And it does turn a lot of people off. For sure.
1: God, yeah, it turned me off. I wasn't an opinionated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, but you, you you managed through it from the beginning, though. Didn't because
1: you? I lucked out, and a woman who would say she was a spiritual person but was not Christian and said that at meetings asked me to drive her. She was heavily involved in area, you know, an area delegate, and then you know the state delegate to drive her places, and I thought she was very, very old. She was probably sixty. Um, and she needed somebody to help drive her all those far distances. I didn't know I was being <laughs> dragged in. <laughs> but, but going to many conventions and assemblies, I was like, what am I learning the traditions for? This is so stupid. It gave me a way to learn to deal with people. I didn't know how to deal with people. I started drinking young. I started using men young. I didn't know how to have a relationship with anybody. I didn't understand give and take. I didn't realize if you were a friend to somebody, you thought about if they went to the doctor, you should ask them, how did it go? You know, I was just concerned with me surviving and me getting by. No thought about you unless you could supply me with drugs or alcohol. You know, that was your only use.
0: See, I that I had that same experience because I also started young, got sober young and the the best thing that AA did for me at that time when I got into the program, I was lucky that I, I found myself in a group of other guys my age. We were all in our 20s, you know, early 30s, and we were getting sober together. And it was the first time really in my life where I had friendships that were, I guess, a deeper level of friendship than I had ever before and in, in previously in, in my life.
1: Because you weren't looking for what they could give
0: you? I guess so, yeah. We were helping each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you weren't, you were doing it on a, you know, you were helping each other. That's each what you other. were there to do, help each other. That wasn't- Yeah,
0: we had a genuine concern for each other's welfare.
1: Right. For the first time, you probably weren't being self-centered.
0: That's right, that's right. And as you said, you know, during that drinking period, um, especially when I had all the problems, all I could do was focus on on getting out of whatever mess I was in, you know, lying my way out of it, doing something, I need to get out of whatever, thinking on my feet, you know, get out of these these situations, Yep, and that's all I could do. So yeah, it's like addiction and alcoholism, it just kind of helps, it it makes it, 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 that self-centeredness is a way of coping with whatever the craziness is that we've got going on around us, and then when that stops, when the craziness stops, and all of a sudden you're surrounded by people who have also stopped that craziness. And then now you were we're sitting there trying to cope with it and understand it and help each other. Boy, what a big difference that yeah. makes. And it takes a while to grow out of that mindset though, doesn't it?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> I think probably decades, at least for some of us.
0: Yeah, well, it did me. You know, sure. it,
1: it's still, you know, sometimes I've got to fight through the, oh, I don't really want to call and find out about that today. Attitude to go, yes, that's what, you know if you care about somebody that is what i should do and i'm usually glad when i've done it but you know i still will have to talk myself sometimes into it but i you know i guess that's what i find missing from the other programs and a lot of the secular there's not that sort of camaraderie that's there's not that how can we do this together
0: yeah i think that i think that one of the for me and i my only experience with secular aa meetings is here in in my home home here in kansas city and that was a that's a pretty close-knit group and i did i saw people going out doing things together and having relationships outside the meeting and people sponsoring i saw all that stuff and it was I, and i thought it was very healthy the online meetings i'm not really crazy about them anyway i didn't see i didn't see a whole lot of that going on really and i don't know how and maybe that's one of the shortcomings of an online meeting
1: i i understand what you're saying because i do see that in pretty much every meeting except my home meeting which is now back to being hybrid but for some reason we we've been able to do more of that interplay there last week we had a meeting in which uh, you know somebody had one first day 15 days and we had some people 30 days and 40 days who were reaching out and talking to them and you know helping them go through what it's like to be overwhelmed with emotions. And, you know, making arrangements to follow up with them after the meeting. It's, But it's worked in some. I mean, we've had some people who got sober during this pandemic. It's a 6 a.m. A a. meeting. And I happen to think at 6 a.m. People haven't had a chance to put on their masks. So they're probably a little bit <laughs> <Yeah>. more honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're yeah, at a meeting at 6 a.m., you're desperate.
0: <laughs> so do you do you make an effort now to sponsor people? How do you and how do you go about doing that? Do you? is it more of a formal relationship or is it kind of a something that just happens as naturally?
1: It happens, I guess, two ways. Sometimes people will say, why don't you ask Ann to be your sponsor? Um, sometimes it happens to be somebody, you know, my sponsor taught me taking somebody's number who's new in the rooms is foolish. That's thinking, you know, it's expecting a well act out of a sick person. You know, you take their number, you call them.
0: That's interesting. That's an interesting take.
1: Oh, well, that was, yeah, I came to my first meeting. All these people gave me one of their numbers and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to call you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're an alcoholic. You're in trouble. I'm not calling you. What are you nuts? <laughs> I didn't call anyone.
0: No, I didn't either. No, not, not until I had been around for a while and got yeah. to know people. Yeah.
1: I, you know, I was, no, I was getting ready. Somebody could tell that I was ready to stop doing this and said, look, can I give your number to somebody who lives in the same area you do? And she called me up, you know, asked if you want to go out for dinner. I offered to pay for her dinner because she was, as I said, a little old lady. Um, and she said, no, AA, you know, can't accept money. It's non-professional." I'm like, lady, I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as I said, she started taking me around in about nine months. I asked her to be my sponsor. And she said, what do you think I've been doing?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
1: Yeah, I didn't know. Um so sometimes it, I get to it formally. Frankly, most of the people I sponsor end up being Finding God, but there you
0: are. Really?
1: Yes. <laughs> it's very annoying because <laughs> <laughs> I'm <a> rather <laughs> outspoken. I'm, I've gotten more outspoken over the years than I was originally.
0: Well, that's interesting. How, how's that received?
1: Uh, tolerantly, most of the time, because at this point, they've all heard me on the subject probably enough you know, the first time I say, well, you sit quietly and you listen and you see how many people mention the word God when they share. And then you think about how you would be if you were in that meeting, not believing in God. And every single person said, my higher power, I'm grateful to God, my higher power. How would you feel if you were there and you couldn't find that? Um, And then when people sit there and say, Oh, there are all these musts in the big book. You must do this or you will drink, you know, point out that if somebody comes in who is drunk, they don't give them lectures on how they're not following things. But if people talk about how they haven't found God, we all know the number of people who walk up to you. I remember the first person said, you're cursing the very God that's going to save you. Oh God. (laughs) I'm like, well, that's good. I hope he's bigger than that. But most people aren't that willing to talk back, which means they leave. Which means they have a great chance of dying. And that's the part that makes me do it. Because if nobody's there to say, you don't have to believe. And please try and remember that the person who lived the longest of the early first 35 was the atheist Jimmy B, outlived Bob, Bill, <laughs> all of the others. <laughs> He even outlived Earl treat who was 35 when he came in <laughs> who should have lived the longest so if it's if if aA required you to believe in God Jimmy B wouldn't have made it to 1989 so it can't be true
0: no no um, you just reminded me of a strange YouTube comment that I got um, it's not even worth mentioning but I will what the hell, but the guy, um, he pointed out that, that the whole purpose of an AA group is to use God to get sober. And that if we don't believe in God, then we're selfish and we can't follow the traditions, blah, blah, blah. And, um, anyway, I just, I responded to him. I said, well, I'm sure glad that AA isn't a religious program and that every group can do whatever it wants to do. Yes. So, <laughs> which is the, which really is the truth. It's not it a religious is, program. It is the, the truth. Yeah.
1: And You know, uh, people say, well, you know, how do you do it? Don't you have a higher power? I'm like, no, I don't have a higher power. I believe that there's a power in us, in the program. It's not higher. It's equal. You know, it's me reaching out to me. It's me reaching out and saying, I can't do this by myself. I need help. Even if it's just your input to listen, you know. I need a collective thought on it. I need to care what happens to the rest of humanity. That's not a higher power, but it's a belief in the power of us all. And to me, that's all that the steps and the traditions require. You know, we listen to a group conscience. Well, you know, to me, that's not necessarily God speaking, especially some of the business meetings I've been at. Um,
0: and I did point out to this guy that that, that tradition says God may express himself, but yeah. some, may not too. <laughs> and if, it, if, if God doesn't express himself, then the group just has to do his best, right? <laughs> right.
1: One of the reasons our group now uh, votes on something, then waits a month and votes on it again. <laughs> right. Because very often they rethink it after the experience of the business meeting when you can reflect.
0: The way that you describe the steps is exactly how I see them. And I think for me, it was something that happened over a long period of time. You know, my view and thoughts and relationship with the steps has evolved and changed dramatically over a long over a period of time. But I've really come to see it as a description of a process, you know. And as you said, it's, um, you know, I have a problem. I need help. I'm going to go get the help. <laughs> you know. It, it, it. Or I'm going to
1: open up to help open
0: up to the help open up the idea that I could be helped or whatever. Yeah. But you know, right. it's just, it's it just, it may a or may not of, come. <laughs> right. But I think people get stuck on the language sometimes.
1: Oh, I mean, it, rational recovery talks about how it's science-based to me. AA is science-based if, if you drop the God part out of it, I mean, there's not really a whole lot different in the rational recovery method of dealing with things than there is in the AA it's come to a group share a problem think about the consequences of it think about the why you're doing it um and you know talking about it finding that out
0: you know what's interesting Anne, is i um because i've been around aa for so long and because the steps were so important to me for so long i can go to any program whether it be smart recovery dharma recovery life ring I can look at the process that people go through in the recovery process, the program that they have, the interaction they have with each other, and I can see all kinds of similarities to AA and the steps. But when I mention that, my hands get slapped. It's like, how dare you compare AA to this? You know, this stands on its own. This is its own thing. But I think that there's a commonality in recovery that there's a process that's really a human process that's individual to each of us and how we, how we describe it. But any one of these different programs you go to, I can, I mean, I can plug steps into almost any, any of these things and traditions and traditions too. Yeah.
1: I learned to use your traditions on how to adjust. I need to be self-supporting. I'm autonomous unless I harm, unless I harm others. Everybody has a right to its own, you know, their own process, their own mistakes, unless they're going to hurt me. You know, to me, that's all part of that process. I need to learn that I don't need to fix people. And that there's where I think you're right when you're talking about sponsorship. It's not my job to fix the person I'm sponsoring. You know, their path is their path.
0: Now, you were lucky when you were um, new to the program because you did have a sponsor who did let you find your own way that did respect your path. I didn't have that. But I I was I was still um at that point in my life I was different than you in that I was more malleable, I guess. I would just I, I, I wouldn't I didn't know what I believed. I just said, you know, I just I'll do whatever, you know, I'll say whatever I think I have to say. Uh, but yeah, I I definitely had people telling me things that I needed to do, you know.
1: Yeah. And I had people try and do that too, other than my sponsor Bonnie. I mean, the number of people who you know who came up and said well why don't you just try it and, and i tried for some reason you know i believe that there's going to come a point in your sobriety where the only thing standing between you and a drink is a god i don't know why i believe that statement but i did and so i struggled to try and find a god and do the prayer stuff and do the meditation and you know turn it over to god and let it go and you know, I, I had a very, very serious car accident at nine months in which, you know, I my passenger died after a while of the result of his injuries. And I remember laying there saying, well, you know, if there's a God and I'm dying, can you do me a favor and just let me know it now? As that was the most important thing in my life at that moment was to know if this God thing was for real. And I didn't get any enlightenment. <laughs> I finished the steps. I didn't get any enlightenment. I did the fifth step. I didn't get it, you know, didn't feel any closer to a God. I prayed to have these uh, defects of character removed and they stuck around all convinced me, frankly, that, the will... Nope, sorry. <laughs> it's not a God for me, but yeah, I mean, I've had people come up and tell me I must do this. You know, I'm never going to be happy if I don't do this, you know, you know, it's, you're not, you shouldn't share because, you know, you shouldn't speak because you're going to tell people that they're, they don't have to have a God and that's not what the AA program says. And, you know, I'll let you speak for me if you're not going to say this, and then don't ask me to speak. But you know, I watch people go and leave rooms when people say stuff like that, and that, yeah, that's the sh- that's the shame. I mean, it, you know, well, the we, big thing at our last meeting was changing the damn preamble to say, you know, a fellowship of people rather than men and women, as if this was critical, and as if that wasn't improved, change back. Look at the copyright, nineteen eighty seven, people. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'll speak at business meetings about that's what's going to doom AA. It's inability to change. And I understand John wanting to give up on it because it's so damn difficult. You know, I no longer get shunned for not even saying the Lord's Prayer. Uh, You know, people sometimes get annoyed when I chair meetings and I ask someone else to do the Lord's Prayer. So and so will now lead you in the Lord's Prayer. Do you need to make it so obvious? I'm like, yes, I do, actually. And
0: do you think it's important for someone like you or even me who is sober, an atheist or a secular person, however you want to describe it? Do you think it's important for for those to go to a traditional AA meeting? Yes. Just to, you do, okay. I do. There are others that feel that way too.
1: Because people die if we're not there. Right. I mean, it'd be nice to say there are other things out there. But, I mean, you've clearly gone to rational recovery meetings. What do they look like to you? They're usually 35-year-old middle-class white males, the ones I've seen. I don't see too many women. I don't see desperate cases there. I mean, who makes it to AA? The people who have given up on everything else, you know, who thought coming to recovery was the worst thing that could happen in their life. Or they're court-ordered there or spouse-ordered there. You know, people go to rational recovery because they want help. They go to smart recovery because they want help. Help. It's all, be- you know, behavior-based therapy. And you're there because you want help. What uh-huh. are most people at AA there? Because they've got no other choice. So if, you're, if, if that's the last place you're thinking of, you're forced to go. And you go and you get there. And it says you have to believe in God. Where are you left with? Where do you go? Except the streets.
0: I hear what you're saying. I stopped going to traditional AA meetings when I started our secular AA group here in Kansas city. And I was harassed. I'm sorry, but Mm -hmm. I I had a guy stare me down. Like I was an evil person just because I wasn't reciting the Lord's prayer. And I was standing there respectfully and quietly. Yep. (laughs) I, I was made to feel so uncomfortable at those meetings that if i hadn't started a secular aa meeting i i couldn't go i mean it it it's i have had some really bad experiences so i i um it would be really difficult for me to sit through a traditional aa meeting for the sole purpose of just being there to help someone not have to go through that you know what i'm saying it's just really oh, really really hard
1: absolutely there's there's a clubhouse and I feel really bad because my sponsor was one of the original founders of this clubhouse. It was called the Twelve Keys. But I, I couldn't go there because they were one of those places who won, they didn't like you to curse and they had it up the rule on the wall. It was <laughs> oh, guaranteed yeah. that I was gonna say fuck every third word. <laughs> you were only allowed to identify yourself as an alcoholic. And I always say I'm an alcoholic and I'm an
0: addict. Uh-huh. Um, oh, you were breaking all was- the rules.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> and I would point out to them that they can't stop me from being at the meeting. They can ask me to leave the clubhouse after the meeting's over. And I will, but yeah, there's some meetings I didn't go to because it was more pain. And if I couldn't talk about it, anybody there was going to be too scared anyway, you know? So I would try and work on meetings that were a little bit more open that's, to hearing That's a good, that's
0: it. a good point. And there's a lot of, Love those two. I can even think of my own city too, for example. There are some groups that are not as militant as others. Uh, and the group that I used to go to before I before I started the secular meeting here, it was an all men's group. And it was um, uh, a rough and tumble kind of a place. And people didn't have a problem, you know, Telling you what to do, you know? Um, so that's just the way, that was my experience, you know? But then there's another group here that's more genteel, you know?
1: <laughs> but it's, it's a mixture. I mean, I did need people to say, look, just try this. Stop arguing and try it. If it doesn't work, fine. But sh- stop arguing with us and try it. You know. You know, my sponsor tricked me into it. I mean, she suggested I read a chapter at a time and tell her what was wrong with it. Yeah, there you go. Got me, of course, to carefully reading the chapter. Right. <laughs> you know, and then, of course, laughing hysterically whenever we read the chapter on We Agnostics, which is the most bullshit chapter in the book.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> Next to To
0: the Wives. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. It's a toss up there, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I can feel for Jim Burwell, who never could come out really and say that he was an atheist you know, who had to find ways around describing what he was, you know, and probably how he felt the way they wrote the uh, his story, making it sound like he found something in a room. Oh, I know.
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah. Although that was a long time ago, too. And the culture of the United States was just that way. I mean, you couldn't be an atheist, you know, that was no, bad.
1: That was akin to being a communist.
0: Right. It was.
1: Right. You know, but, you know, that was then. And I, you know, you'd like to think, you know, I do find the more I have shared not believing in a God or a higher power the more other people have started doing it. It takes a while. It seems to take a while when I'm at a meeting for them, for the other people to see I haven't been driven out. And it's, it's a shame. There's no question. It's a shame that it's just not more open and that people in the program, it, it's, you know, when you point out to them that why are you so scared of my non-belief as opposed to, you're not that scared when somebody comes in who's gone out. You know, you have no problem with their failure to grasp all the things that you want. <laughs> so why the problem with me?
0: I think it's a shame that's even an issue to begin with. And this is, this is where I, I think it would be wise. But you're not going to change this culture. You're not going to change the culture, I don't believe. But, but because, of, because of the origins of the steps and the way they are originally written, people will take them literally instead of looking at the underlying actions, you know, in, within them, which are universal and, and work well, you know,
1: the first six steps when they were the way they first written barely mentioned God at all.
0: Oh, that's when right. They, the steps, very, steps, very original steps, 12, ones.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. The very original ones.
0: Yep and again they were describing a process and it was a it was really a nebulous type of a thing it wasn't like formally written down or anything but these are in general the things that we do you know we say we have a problem we ask for help we get honest you know we help other people
1: right (laughs) you know, (laughs) and
0: it was a process and then all of a sudden they decided to put it in a book and make flowery language around it and that over time um people start looking at them more narrowly as these are the specific things you need to do. See it says God here, God there, God there. So and it says must, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But um but yeah, the or the origins of it was just like, you know, this is a process we went through. This is what happened to us. This is what we did. And they were religious at the time. So I guess they put it in that language. That was okay. But it's okay it's also perfectly okay for someone like me and you to say, well yeah I had the same experience, but this is the way I would describe it.
1: And, you know, and as we both know, you know, Bill had his own problems with what was a spiritual awakening. You know, he tried the psychedelics. He tried LSD, hoping that that would get people. You know, he sent Jimmy Burwell and some others into the Mideast to study different religions, hoping that could open the door. You know, he dealt with the Buddhists and allowed them to change the steps to good instead of God. You know, he wanted a bigger, you know, a bigger door, a bigger get- gateway. You know, you, you know, you can read in his writings that he was worried we were killing people because we were being so rigid.
0: Yes. Yep. He sure did. You know? He sure and did. And sometimes
1: I'll, I'll use, you know, some of his writings to point out to people. No, you know, the big books that was written when these people had three years, sobriety people, some of them Earl treats, 60 days, when he wrote his story you know are we really expecting the all the answers to be in people that new in sobriety when we think about how much we've changed
0: i know and i know and i I, and i do also pick up on that stuff about bill wilson too it's like people always the 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 hardcore traditionalists i guess if you want to call them that they're going to remember bill wilson from 1939 and not the bill wilson from 1968 you know it's after he'd been sober for a long time so that's just kind of But no, I I hear where you're coming from. I I, I, there are a lot of people out there who believe that you know, a well, first of all, AA is the biggest game in town for sure. It's the most accessible uh, mutual aid support group anywhere, and in history, it's just huge. And they're easy to get to the meetings. Um, When you get to a meeting, it's easy to feel you know to participate, get involved. I mean, you don't have to do anything really uh, just to go, just show up you know and so it's very accessible and and you can start aa meetings so easily too so there's just there's just a there's a lot of um benefit to having alcoholics anonymous out there because as you said in the beginning the 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 most critical thing i think for anyone in recovery is having that support that community that the support of people and aa does provide that you have smart recovery you have life ring you have women for sobriety but they don't have near the presence that aa has so it's nice that you have that you have that option, and and I see your point of you know being a voice of reason, I guess you could say, uh, in, in in meetings where reason might not exist. You know, if you're in a meeting where people are pounding the book and God, 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 God you can say or no God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> the number I've said, and now on the other hand, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And in all fairness, there are some good people out there. Even in my old group, um, I got to the point when I came out as an atheist towards the end, um, when they would read how it works at the beginning of the meeting, they said that there'd be that line, there is one who has all power, that one is God, may you find him now. And I'd always pipe up, or not.
1: (laughs) I cause all sorts of trouble because i refuse to use he and him
0: um, yeah that's my <laughs> god
1: now. Right. <laughs> now you find him now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there is one who has all power that one's god yeah or not or
1: not? yeah it, it. you know i i on occasion have been really bad and have you know read the how it works in the from the secular view <laughs> The the funny thing is when people don't actually notice that i've done it
0: uh-huh That would be interesting.
1: You'd be surprised because they're not... Necessarily listening that closely because I hear it so often. Oh
0: my gosh, you are so right. That's the, <laughs> yeah. that that is so true. So for like twenty five freaking years, I would go to meetings where they'd be reading that thing, and it never bothered me because it got to be like almost meditative. I was just I hear the cadence of the words. I'm sitting there. I'm having my coffee. I'm doing fine. The meeting's getting ready to start. I never really it never bothered me until I realized I was an atheist. and I started listening to the words, <laughs> and then all <laughs> right. of a sudden I'm squirming in my seats, you know. But you're right. Most people don't. Don't actually, pay attention, they're just kind of zoning out at that point. You know, this is the formality of opening the meeting. Basically,
1: the only time they notice it is when I do the serenity prayer. Because when you go, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can't, if you don't say the God, they don't have a chance to chime in.
0: Oh, right, God,
1: <laughs> <throws> them off,
0: <laughs> God. <laughs>
1: Everybody's waiting for you to go, God, and then everybody can jump in, Grant. (laughs) But when you start with Grant, (laughs) it tongue ties them; they just can't jump in. Then throws their age, their cadence off.
0: (laughs) In your area, do they close with the Lord's Prayer?
1: Oh, Lord, they do. Yes, they do.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. Some meetings, not, but the great majority still do.
0: Yeah, Uh, I uh, same here. Although I haven't been to a traditional meeting in a long time. Meetings often
1: don't, but. Most of the co-ed ones do.
0: I think there have been a few around here that have decided to not to stop doing that and close with like the responsibility statement or something like that. But I think by and large, most of them do close with the Lord's prayer. That's, that's another uh, show all in itself right there.
1: <laughs> it is. It, it, it's, yeah. it's a real, it's a real problem. It is, you know, only stuff, you know, if when I have sponsored Jewish people, I show them their version of the Lord's prayer that the Christians all copied from, but
0: you know, <laughs> oh. That's one I don't even know about. So Yeah.
1: It's, it's really, think about it. A mass is not far off from the what you would see at a synagogue, except you just don't have the New Testimony. The New Testament. I mean we we didn't we borrowed heavily.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So interesting. Did I did we resolve anything here? Did I did we put across the point here um of what you wanted to say about the importance of, you know, being a voice
1: for those who are willing to do it. I, I agree. There are some meetings in which it's just, you know, you leave feeling like you're scarred and beaten up and I'll occasionally go back to them just so people know that there's somebody out there in case they fall across somebody.
0: But in all fairness, those meetings are the minority. Most meetings are a little more genteel. They might be religious and stuff, talk about God, 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 but they're not going to pounce on you really necessarily. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For the for the most part, I mean, you know, a lot of times they'll roll their eyes when they when I speak. But you get
0: the rolled eyes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I luckily I have the personality that it just doesn't bother me anymore because I, as I said, I'm too worried about people who don't come back after not knowing. You cannot believe, you know. We have a few people now in my home group that have only been able to stay there because, even though they, as I said, they all found God in the end, <laughs> but it gave them the years to to stay not believing and not thinking that they were at fault or that there was something wrong with them. You know, I mean, how, didn't, it, you know, I know for me, for a while I felt like I must be doing this program wrong because I haven't found God, you know, and it wasn't until I got more into the history of AA, you know, especially back to, you know, the Quad A groups in the 1970s to realize that atheism has been in AA since its beginning. It just wasn't talked about. You know, now at least, thank God for the internet, you can find it and know that you're not alone. You know, thank thank goodness for, right, Toronto fighting, you know, AA to say, yes, you can be part of AA and be secular. We were lucky in Philadelphia because frankly, the person who ran the website happened to be secular. (laughs) So so nobody noticed that he was (laughs) including secular AA meetings in the meeting list
0: in Kansas City we didn't have any problems getting listed at all whatsoever um so yeah. it's funny you know
1: people that places that did so
0: yeah me too me too and it was weird because it really it could it's there's no rhyme or reason to it you know some city that you might think would be totally open to it isn't another city that you think we're a bunch of rednecks we're just totally fine with it you know so, well, you know well, i
1: ha- I have to say My I like traveling and my travels in the South, I got less grief being an atheist in the South than I did in the North. And I far more expected it down there. What I realized at a lot of meetings down there, they weren't as serious about only saying you're at AA. There were a lot of addicts at a lot of the meeting because it was such a problem. The opioid epidemic changed their whole attitude towards towards that. And that loosening to allowing people to say that they were inadequate in AA meeting seemed to lessen their insistence on you believing in God and having a meeting.
0: And one f- one little comment about that before we sign off and, and, but this could also be another episode. And I remember when I got, I got sober in 88 and I know you came in in 86. And at that time when I was in I heard a lot of people say they were addict alcoholic or different things and it was never a big deal all of a sudden it became a big deal later I don't that w-
1: Not that much later no I re- because it was just starting then that was that whole singleness of purpose that started kicking in and a whole group because I remember because as I said my sponsor was big into service and it became this whole thing that if A.A. lets addicts in, then N.A. won't be able to grow strong. And somehow or other, we were doing them a favor by keeping them out. And, you know, I've always sort of said, well, you better rewrite your goddamn stories.
0: Right. right. Don't
1: read (laughs) acceptance is the answer, (laughs) because that's more about drugs than any story in there. I'd always go back the only requirement
0: for membership is a desire to stop drinking, then that and that means if you have a desire to stop drinking, regardless of whatever problem you have, you know that has always kind of thrown me.
1: Absolutely, it's thrown me in the meetings where you say you can't mention drugs. It's like you haven't been reading the stories in the big book, have you?
0: Right. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Bob, for example.
1: Doctor Bob, Bill as well.
0: Yeah, Bill too. Yep. yep.
1: And our physician, you know, he speaks yep. more about drugs. Yep. You know, yeah. I think it's now called acceptance is the answer. They changed the name of it. They but... did change
0: the name. Yeah. Right. But it I mean to be Dr. Alcoholic Admin would oh, they change the name. That's it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they don't like that addict word.
1: <laughs> exactly. But yeah. I mean, you read that story and that's and or you listen to him talk. I mean, there's recorded talks by him. He talks heavily about his drug issue. And he talked openly about thinking that addicts ought to be openly accepted in AA. As it
0: should, I think, too. Foolish not to. Yeah. But...
1: Anyway, and thank, thank you. you for tolerating me. Oh, I
0: love this. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for the feedback on the episode with John and also for listening all these years and for reaching out to me after listening to it um Ibby. And you know, I, I, I sometimes will say before I speak someplace that whatever I say today, I could totally change my mind a month from now or a year from now. I'm I'm a I'm always gonna be a work in progress. So oh, yeah. Um, and that's, that's what makes it fun for me. You know, it makes it interesting. Keeps life interesting. So, well, so I nice keep to listening see you. to you. Uh, <laughs> I
1: learned so much. Uh, that's
0: nice of you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Thank you so you. much. Thanks. That's another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety. Thank you for listening.